Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Tonight on the program, we're going to address uh, golden showers, water sports. This was a request from one of our listeners that we should uh, delve into this a little deeper, looking at some of the scientific reasons why people enjoy uh, golden showers. Is this a perversion? How common is this? Are there treatments for this if required? And so much more. That's after 10.15. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. That's where you can text in your questions or you can email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. Somebody just suggested you need to call it Wicked Wednesdays and maybe that's what we'll do. On Wednesdays, we'll find some wicked topic to uh, to talk about. That's a good plan. All right, here's a, a letter by email. Good afternoon. I may be one of your newest listeners. I have only turned tuned in the last two nights and enjoy your show from the comfort of my bed. Your show came highly recommended by a friend of mine. I was surprised by the young listeners asking very good questions and your responses were down to earth and professional. I like the stupid sex story segment and the poem you read. Someone asked about a lawyer on your show. What is her, is her role on your show? So there's a bunch of questions, so I'm just going to answer this one. So Maitre Linda Hammerschmidt joins us every month to give out basically free advice, legal advice. She's a family law attorney. And if you have questions about divorce or custody or, or what have you, she is there uh, for the full hour to answer uh, answer those questions. If you do not mind giving me and perhaps other new listeners a small synopsis of your show. I was told you have two very popular panels. The names elude me now. What are the, the panel discussions consist of? You have your own poet. What is the role of the poet and where does the poet find the poem? <laughs> Uh, so let me just answer a couple of questions here. So thank you, first of all, for being a brand new listener and uh, and, and sending me a feedback. Uh, I, I really do appreciate that. So this is a show that's been on the air for 22, this is our 22nd year on the air every night, Monday to Friday, where we talk about all, everything about sexuality. We shy away from nothing, as you will see tonight, talking about um, even the kinky stuff. Uh, we do have uh, guests that are regular that regularly appear on the show we have different segments we uh, uh, some of the fun ones maybe that you are thinking about are uh, we have our passion view which is like the view on TV but on radio where we are three women talking about sexuality from a female point of view we have a guys panel uh, same thing we have a, a baby boomer panel uh, which where we discuss uh, we are three of us who are uh, baby boomers so over the age of 55 basically talking about sexuality and relationships from our perspective uh, over the years we've had different different panels we're bringing back a gynecologist for uh, for the vagina dialogues she will answer uh, your questions about female uh, sexual health when it comes to the poet the poet is a listener and has been a, a, a faithful listener of ours and just started out of the blue just sending in uh, poetry based on the topic of the night and uh, he just comes up with them just like that uh, that is he doesn't have a particular role he's not obligated to send in a poem but uh, he's become somewhat of a, 
a, a fan favorite here. Uh, so uh, he makes up his own poems. You can, this person continues to write, After Monday's Passion Show, I mentioned it to another friend who also listened last night for the first time, and uh, you were the topic of conversation this morning at work during morning coffee. I apologize for all the questions, but your website does not answer any of my questions. Sorry about that. I just watched your TED video, your TEDx video, uh, The Pleasure Principle, and truly enjoyed it. I'm going through something currently and may ask your opinion or advice sometime in the future. Thank you very much. You are welcome anytime to send in, whoops, to send in uh, your questions. If you're going through something and you just want to talk it out, uh, get some advice from me, maybe get some advice from other listeners who may have gone through some of that. Uh, that's also uh, a possibility. Maybe for topics like golden showers or you could call it wild and wet Wednesdays. Yeah, but I'm not going to talk about (laughs) golden showers every Wednesday or wet stuff every uh, Wednesday. I kind of like the wicked uh, Wednesday. Are your Australian ladies group still listening? Yes, uh, the Australian ladies, they call it Lunch with Lori. Uh, It's their lunchtime when our show airs. They're lovely, lovely group that keeps expanding as they keep sending me emails, updates with uh, people who have joined their group. They now have two gentlemen who have joined their uh, lunch with Lori. They're no longer just the ladies, but they're just a gang of people that have lunch and listen to uh, sex talk all the way in Australia. So that's kind of fun. And I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate uh, your listenership, first of all, and and, and t- for you to take the time to send me letters and uh, even if there's there are not questions and just things that you want to hear about, you know you can always send me topic ideas or show topics that you things you want me to cover more in depth. I'd be absolutely happy to do that. All right, I get letters uh, again by email all the time, and at the beginning of every show, I answer questions, and then after 10:15, we go into more specific uh, topics or more in-depth look at uh, sexual issues. So here's one: being a part of the body positive mo- movement has been powerful. However, I'm still working on maneuvering sex with a partner as a fat woman and being able to orgasm. I can climax fine on my own, and I've tried to use clitoral manipulation while with a partner having sex, but it's not the same. My old standby of being on top worked once, but it's because the lights were off, I'm certain, and I want to see what is going on. Part of it has to be mental, and part of it has to be function. Any uh, tips? Obviously, you need to figure out what works for you. Everybody's body types are different. Their comfort level in terms of positioning is different. What they need is different. But I do think that a lot of it is, in fact, uh, mental, mental, mental in quotation marks, like psychological. If a person is not completely uh, relaxed or they're worried about their bodies or how their partner is perceiving them, uh, of course, this is going to interfere with your body's enjoyment 
of sex. That's precisely why it's so much easier to climax on your own. No one is watching you. No one is judging you. You're not thinking about them. You're not thinking about, you're not worried about what they're thinking. And this is true of men and women. I've spoken to women who have these issues. I've spoken to men in terms of, it it might not just have to do with uh, body image, but other other kinds of pressures that get in the way. And so when they're overthinking during sex, when you're thinking, you're not enjoying, you're not in the, uh, in the moment. In terms of positions, being on top is a, a great position for all women, actually, because then you can control the amount of cl- the clitoral stimulation or the pressure um, that's applied. So I would suggest take your time and when you feel truly safe and comfortable being yourself with your partner, you may see, you may see that things will, uh, will change for you, but you have to be patient. You have to be open. Um, and it's that feeling of safety. That's also really, uh, really important. Texter writes in, Dr. Lee, that's really sweet and heartening that the Australian gang is still aboard and enjoying themselves with the show. Yes, it is fun. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about, uh, water sports, golden showers, pee play, all kinds of words for it. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Well, tonight uh, we're going to talk about water sports, uh, but before I get to that, and I'm not talking about water skiing or things like that, uh, the Passion Poet says, this poem was inspired by a comment you made last night to a listener. Uh, Love comes in many flavors, a different taste for us all, like a blossoming flower when spring comes to call. Your heart begins to open, the magic has begun, from a spark to a flame as warm as the sun. It's that beautiful feeling, the feeling beyond a description, love is the drug and you have the prescription. With a little care and compassion poured into your soul, it will open your mind Now you have reached your goal. It is different to everyone. The end result is the same. Write your own book of love. Love is ours to claim. Oh, I'm now I realize what you're, it was about that young person who asked whether he was actually in love or not and was confused about his feelings. Uh, Thank you for that. I do, uh, do appreciate that. Okay. Let's talk about water sports. Now, That's not how it's known in my field. In my field, we call it Europhilia. So we're talking about a fetish. Basically, philia is the the fetish, right? So euro is the urine. So europhilia or urolangia. uh, It's known as either uh, that, golden shower, water sports, whatever. Uh, It's a paraphilia, basically, or, or fetish, in which sexual excitement is associated with the sight or thought of urine or urination. That's urolania. So there's different um, elements to uh, water sports, okay? Uh, because it, it's about the the sight or the thought. It's the actual doing of some people even ingesting. Uh, so it can be uh, expressed in uh, in different ways as well. This is mostly a fetish that is common in men, far more in men than in uh, in women. 
It also includes, this is also a fetish, enjoying having a full bladder or even drinking urine. Okay, so this is all part, falls under the umbrella of um, urophilia. So what's interesting is you're thinking about this and you're saying, oh, some people might be thinking this is crazy or people might be sick somehow or, or what have you. But the, if you look at the literature and the science behind this, like the psychological literature, there is nothing in there that suggests that people who are into golden showers have any type of uh, psychological deficiency. It, look, if it's consensual and it doesn't cross certain boundaries, then do should we have a problem with it? Many of us are like, ew, right? This is yucky, uh, but other people uh, are love it, right? So remember this line, don't yuck someone else's yum. It might be yum for someone. It might be very yucky for you and, and that's okay. Do people come to for help with this? The Generally, no. Most people do not seek out any treatment for this unless it becomes problematic for the person in some way, and then they feel compelled to address their, uh, their condition. Most people just learn to accept their fetish, whatever their, their fetish is, and they manage to achieve sexual gratification in an appropriate, uh, in an appropriate way. So they are not going to be looking necessarily for treatment. The, The time that it couples will come in for help is when uh, one person kind of springs it on the other as this is something I really want in, in my sex life and the other person is maybe grossed out by it or shocked by it or what have you and then it can cause kind of some issues uh, in that uh, in that sphere. Some women get off with a shower handle or under the bath tap. This is just a bedroom extension. I have a girlfriend who loves it on her breasts and erotic tor- turn on but plastic under a blanket will help the cleanup after. Well, the, the shower handle or the, the, that shower jets thing is often used as a masturbation tool, but that is, has nothing to do with uh, urophilia or water sports in the way that we're talking about, right? We're talking about people who like to, who think about, uh, who think about urine or fantasize about that, and that's arousing, who like to either watch somebody urinate, who like to have the feeling of a full bladder, who like to drink the urine, or who like uh, some who likes somebody to pee on them. That's those are the water sports or the golden showers, golden as you can imagine the color um, of these urine. Uh, showers. So another text says, my sense is that urophilia is a mostly gender one-sided. Oh, you just said that. And my sense is it's almost a surrogate for a female orgasm squirting infinity fluids that turn a guy on, even though it's not orgasmic fluid. You could be right. You could be right that it's, um, uh, it might reflect, it might reflect that, but not always, because it's not always at the point of orgasm for uh, for women. So uh, there's all kinds of words 
for it, which is interesting. Like the scientific words, it's not just urophilia, there's urophagia, urolangia, uh, eudonism. I mean, there's all kinds of words. But really, if we look at it outside of scientific circles, we just call them water sports. Water sports, golden showers, they call it piss play. That's a bit crude, but that's what it's called in, in those circles. If you were to Google it, you would find thousands upon thousands of websites and forums that um, cater to people who are turned on by urine play, basically. So there has also been reports of uh, some celebrities engaging in the activity. There was an interview with Ricky Martin at one point uh, where he actually stated that he enjoyed uh, golden showers. So, and there's have been others um, as well. So, obviously, I, I mean, it, it's in the diagnostic, the American Psychiatric Association Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It is listed there as a paraphilia not otherwise specified. But the diagnosis is only made, so it's only a disorder, and that goes for any of the paraphilias, except the ones that are criminal, but let's just say, um, where it's causing significant distress or impairment in their social, occupational, or other important areas of um, functioning. It has to cause you distress for it to be considered a psychological uh, disorder. So if the, if your fantasies or behaviors or what have you do not lead to this significant distress, then there is no, there's not, there's no impairment. Like there's no, there's no real dysfunction, uh, no real dysfunction here. But you know, there was a time in, in psychiatric circles where we didn't, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have people huge uh, uh, communities of like-minded individuals or people can turn to and say, oh, I'm not the only one. Most people would um, would go for help because they thought there was something cra- you know, weird or that they were crazy or what have you because they couldn't find other people. They wouldn't talk about it publicly and so they wouldn't find uh, any other people doing it. <laughs> Somebody says, disgusting subject, stop already. Uh, disgusting or not, for you it's disgusting, and for uh, a bunch of people, uh, it's not something that's disgusting. In fact, it's arousing. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, don't yuck someone else's yum. There are topics that we cover on this show, sexual topics, that for some people, they will listen because they're curious. And that's great. And you can learn something just because you don't engage in this, or this is something that turns you off. It's okay. Believe me. Uh, you know, I I talk about a lot of things, most of which I do not engage in myself. Like it's not a, a reflection of, um, of my own behavior or a judgment on any behavior. Cause some people have accused me, you know, if you talk about it, it's something somehow promoting something. This is purely for information, uh, purposes for information purposes only. And if you're not interested, or as this person writes, your program should be named perversion, not passion. Uh, 
just turn off the radio. You, I'm not forcing you to listen, but we've been on the air for 22 years for a reason. You know, people are interested in learning and there's a whole range of sexual behavior, much of which we don't understand. And I get that because whatever's out there, which is stuff we don't do is considered like not normal for us. And that's okay, but it doesn't stop us from learning about the rest of humanity and what other people are, uh, you know, are interested in. And, and that's okay. Um, Texter writes in, as a gay man, I can attest it is very popular, especially the older crowd into kink. This has been an issue for me as I do not like any elements of the events, even if it would please my partner. Um, I have passed on many hookups as the other guy demanded I take part. You're absolutely right. And if you are, if it's something that you don't want to do, we all have our boundaries and, uh, and that's okay. We we're allowed to have our boundaries. Texter says, personally, I'm not into this stuff, but I think it is clinically, uh, interesting. And, uh, and I agree. Uh, CJD is a clean family show. It's a, yes, but at 10 o'clock at night, it's not meant for families. Families, kids are in bed by now. Uh, so this is why we, we can do it. We're going to continue with the, looking at the science of golden showers or water sports, plus your stupid sex story of the day. From the pleasure and the politics to the hangups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Before we continue to delve into the world of people who enjoy uh, golden showers and other forms of pee play, uh, let me share this crazy, stupid story. I really should call it crazy sex story of the day. And this one is a little bit hard to believe if it is true. Of course, you know, it comes from the internet, so I have no... Um, no way to fact check any of these, but nonetheless, this was posted again on, uh, on Reddit. And the headline was this, so, so you can imagine caught my attention. Dad to be discovers pregnant wife is his half sister, but they want to keep the baby. A man claims he and his pregnant wife have found out that they are actually brother and sister. The man, 24, from England, claimed the couple had been horrified to discover they are actually half-siblings after eight years together. The anonymous poster explained he and his wife, 25, had recently learned they share a biological father. He wrote that he didn't want to reveal how they found out, but added they had confirmed they were half-siblings via a private DNA test. He explained only that his wife's mom had admitted to him at a rough moment who her daughter's biological father was and the pieces of the puzzle fell into place from there. He added that despite the couple working out the rest, neither spouse's parents knew they shared a biological father. The man wrote uh, on this uh, the subreddit advice column uh, and he revealed that they were already expecting a child when they found out. He wrote... I know incest is against the law and I'm terrified that we could be found out if anyone looked into our histories or if they take a DNA sample of our son for genetic testing and make sure he has no health problems and what could happen to us. 
I'm not sure what to do except maybe ensure that we do not have more biological children, even if our child turns out without a problem, just to be safe and adopt or something instead. He said his wife didn't believe in abortion and they both wanted to keep their first child. However, he said they were worried about the legal consequences of having a child in what they now realize would be viewed as an incestuous relationship. The man claimed their biological father is still alive, but neither of them wanted anything to do with him. He went on to explain neither of their mothers had named the biological father on their birth certificates. Like, talk about freaking coincidence. Uh, His wife's mom had a long-term boyfriend who raised her while he had a stepdad. The man continued that he was unsure if they should tell their parents of their uh, discovery. They were certain they wanted to stay together. He wrote, our feelings for each other have not changed and we do not want to split. We have known each other since starting school and been through some hard times together. Can you imagine even remotely being in that uh, situation. So a couple of comments here that I, I want to share uh, with you. And actually, here's a question regarding uh, fetishes and paraphilias that we're talking about. People that like the pee thing, do they like the poo thing too? And if not, is it because it's more disgusting? So uh, yeah, that's a topic I, I don't even want, I wouldn't even broach because it would make me gag talking about it. Uh, and again, yes, that's a judgment, but for myself, like I, I still don't quite understand why anybody, uh, would find that arousing, but there are people who do, uh, the P thing is less yuck in, in, in my head, but I also don't want to, to kink shame anybody. Right. So, um, no, the two are not related, but in, if you look at people who have particular fetishes, they often have more than one. So it's possible that they might like any bodily fluid fetish, like that, that, that may be arousing, but generally they are known as two, uh, separate things. And then, uh, in response to the naysayers or the people who are, uh, 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 kink shaming or shaming the show, if I shall say, uh, tell them, Doc. <laughs> Another one, not disgusting, not for everyone, but it's an open forum. Perhaps asking why and what the turn on is instead of derogatory comments, right? Which is what we call uh, kink shaming, right? Another text writes, I've tried the golden shower thing only in the shower. It's no problem, but it's not that exciting. And I'm a germaphobe. Yeah. If you're a germaphobe, I highly doubt this is something you'd ever want. Of course, in the shower, you get cleaned up right away. It's not the same. And people who may do this in the shower, do it for fun or kicks or whatever, but they may not be aroused by it. That's uh, the difference. Another one says, Lori, don't let comments get you down. This is why you are on year 22. Controversial subjects, sometimes healthy. The comments don't get me down. I, I, I'm perfectly, otherwise I wouldn't to say them out loud. I, I, it's nice. Uh, it's good to hear how other people view, uh, some of the, uh, the topics and why not share, 
you know, why not share other other views? It doesn't have to just be uh, people who are yay, yay about the show. If, if you don't like it, it's okay. I, I You don't have to like it. You don't have to like me. You don't have to like the show. It's all good. Uh, and as one texture says, and you have a disclaimer before every segment. Yes, we do have a disclaimer, which is why this is not a family show. This is a over 18 show for people. Uh, so just, uh, you know, as long as we're all on, on the same page there, um, let's keep it that way. So let's talk a little bit more um, about this. There are a lot of people, first of all, let me just tell you the numbers because some people are saying, how, how common is this? So there was an Australian uh, survey and they concluded that around 4% of men have a, uh, a golden shower fetish or a, a, a pee urine uh, fetish. And in fact, the searches on Pornhub, which is the largest uh, uh, porn site in the world, the, the searches for golden shower, just the term golden shower and other related terms, increased exponentially in 2017 after it was alleged that Donald Trump enjoyed water sports. Do you remember that story? That was... Uh, that was out there again alleged uh, let's just say uh, there are also a whole bunch of online communities for people to go to who are interested in this uh, again another term is uh, water sports but if you go to the website fetlife which is basically the world's number one kinky social media uh, website it has about 25,000 members. There are also dating apps and websites specifically tailored to people who are looking for other kinky people to hook up with. Now, it's true that quite a few people who engage in golden showers do it as part of BDSM. So we've talked about bondage, discipline, sadomasochism, dominant submission, uh, B- and BDSM involves a, a power exchange, right? Where you have one who's submissive and one who is dominant. And in this situation, it's the dominant partner who pees on, uh, on the, uh, submissive. So it has been, it, it is part of, um, that, uh, that community coming up. We'll talk about how safe is it in terms of, uh, is it, is it really sterile Are are golden showers even safe? Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. At the beginning of the show, someone asked if the Australian gang is uh, are still listening, and then I got an email from Mindy, the who started this whole thing, says we're here, listening and loving it. We are 14 today, having pizza lunch with Lori Gang. So thank you. That's fun. <laughs> really, really fun. Mm, okay, let's talk about the safety. Uh, portion of this, uh, this paraphilia or this perversion or this kink or whatever you want to call it. We're talking about golden showers. We're talking about water sports. Um, urophilia involves all kinds of things related to urine and it is as being something that is arousing for somebody about 4% of the male population is, uh, into this with, 
thousands of websites dedicated to this, just so you know. All right. So let's talk about safety. First of all, no, if you're exchanging bodily fluids, any bodily fluids, you will always, always have some level of risk. People often say, yeah, but is, isn't urine sterile? Like we hear that urine is sterile. Uh, sure. It, it is only sterile if the person peeing is completely healthy, which sometimes you just don't know. Urine can spread disease, including bacterial, fungal, and, and viral infections. So, and of course, if a person has uh, an open wound, the recipient has an open wound, well, guess where the infection is going, right? So, if there are, if there's no broken skin, no open wounds, no fissures, and fissures are tiny, tiny little cuts. Sometimes you don't see them, um, and there is, uh, and the urine makes contact with the skin. Then there would be no real, um, no real harm, right? Um, but if the person who's urinating has a bacterial infection, and the urine comes into contact with wounds or any mucous membranes, so that would be found in the vagina or in the mouth, for example, then uh, then you are at risk. So if you're engaging in this, you better know the health status of who you're uh, playing with, and make sure that there are that you don't have any cuts or anything um, like that, and do not aim for the mouth, like stay away from the mouth. Uh, probably the safest place would be on the stomach or someplace where you could see if there was, um, an open wound. So this is something that, uh, I think is important, really important to know this. So there are some people who also get aroused from the, the, uh, drinking of it, which is like, well, that's a whole other, uh, that's a, a whole other thing. But let's just say this is something that interests you. If you want to know a little bit about this, and I would advise you go to, um, Google Sophie St. Thomas. Uh, she wrote something called a beginner's guide to golden showers and piss play fetishes. Everything you need to know about this, including why people like this, like this particular kink to how to do a golden shower, uh, safely. So you can, um, you can look that up if you really want more, uh, more information, but, but it's interesting. So Obviously, if this is something that you are somewhat interested in, there are ways of doing this uh, safely and less messy, I suppose. And of course, you'd want to drink lots of water beforehand, right, to, to be able to, to make some uh, urine. You also want to pick the right place. Uh, do you want it all over your bed? Like, no, you would want to make sure that this is uh, kind of uh, taken care of. So uh, people who are often curious about this will start doing this in the shower, like as one of our, our texters said, did it in the shower, didn't do anything for him, and that was the end of that, right? So it is something that if you are even thinking about that uh, you do it first in the shower or the bath or someplace where you can kind of rinse it off um, 
right away. You also need to make sure that both parties of this play are fully consenting. Like consent is probably the most important thing here. You do not want to just out of the blue pee on your partner. That is not cool. You need to know that this is what your partner is into. If this is something you're into, you better have had a, a discussion about this uh, together. You should also have a safe word. So if you start start to feel icky about it, that you're able to say something to stop uh, the, uh, the activity as well. So remember that you also have to do it safely. No open cuts, no sores, and uh, that kind of thing. So, uh, and then, you know, you want to make sure you have what you need, uh, to, uh, to clean up. Just remember it's still, uh, it, it still involves the exchange of, uh, bodily fluids. Texarides 4%, I would say far higher. Really? I, like, again, we're talking about people who really get turned on by this. I don't know if it's higher than 4%. I, I'm not, uh quite sure. Fun subject, laughed a few times. Yeah, well, for the people engaged in it, it's not, it's fun for them. It's arousing for them. For many of us, it's, uh, you know, not, not so, uh, not so appealing, I would say, but it's, uh, it's there. It exists. It absolutely exists. And again, um, we, we often ask like, why? So this is, uh, interesting because you want to, you want to know like the science behind the, how does somebody develop a, this kind of, um, of fetish. So they looked at, uh, actually there was a study. If you look at the numbers of, of 245 male sadomasochists, so again, related to BDSM, and they reported that 10% of those, uh, had an interest in, uh, in urophilia. So, uh, it's higher in the BDSM, um, community. So then they, the only research really that's there is based mostly on, uh, on case studies, but there's one, I just want to read you one thing because, um, there was a, a, a psychologist or psychiatrist who made an observation and related it to related the origins of urine related paraphilias and said, some sufferers of forced, forced waste retention develop sexual fetishes involving waste and waste retention. So if you were a child, for example, who was, uh, who kept it in, uh, for whatever reason, uh, adult respondents reported using masturbation as a way to dissociate from the pain of a full bladder websites that cater to the sadomasochistic desires of water sports enthusiasts are prevalent on the internet. Adults who engage in urolangnia, um, which is, I believe, drinking of or holding it, no, full bladder, or urolania is the full bladder, are often reenacting scenes from childhood, some of which involve denial of toilet use by school teachers or caretakers for purposes of punishment or containment. Due to the close proximity of the urethra and bladder to the sex organs, 
Some adults who chronically suffered this form of bodily control as children developed a conditioned response in which wetting themselves or bladder tension was associated with sexual arousal. That's as far as we know, okay? Otherwise, there is so much more to learn about how this develops. That's just one one hypothesis uh, so much relates back to early childhood if you look at some of the paraphilias but still again we still don't understand even you know years like years of research and we still do not have a clear grasp of uh, a lot of the paraphilias and fetishes and such and how they uh, how they evolve but hey on the show we talk about it share with you what we do know and uh, we can all learn Uh, a little something uh, interesting. Even if it doesn't interest you personally, it's still interesting, I think. Anyway, thank you all for spending your time with me. Certainly appreciate it. Thanks to Chris Aikens, our technical producer tonight. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. You can find all past podcasts on the iHeart app if you just go on the CJAD page or on my website, go to the Passion Radio tab and you'll find them all there. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening, stay safe, and remember to live your life with passion. I can feel-